eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. We do a podcast for you on this lovely Monday. It's warm as balls out there, so uh, make sure you're sitting in air conditioning. Although I am sitting under a vent as I have all morning. Uh, Eddie Scazzeri joins me today, and if anybody was watching on TV, you're probably thinking, why is this a-hole wearing a hoodie on July 15th when it feels like 100 degrees outside? Why? Because if you come over here, Eddie, you'll feel the Arctic blowing on me all morning long, but so be it. How are you? I am fine, and hello, podcast people. And yes, I was wondering that as well. Why? Cold as hell in here. Yeah, it is, it is chilly in here. It's ridiculous. So, And it's funny, because I almost... Sal... Sal Akata gave me a, a Buckmas in July mm-hmm. shirt that I was going to wear today. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? Geo's in. I'm not there. When I'm here, I control the thermostat, but I figure it's their show. I leave yeah. it alone. Uh, and I'm glad I wore the hoodie. I might be in a scarf tomorrow. Ian Boomer really cranks it. He low. puts it down to 62 when he comes in. Does Geo do the same thing? Uh, he must have because it got pretty cold pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. So I would say so. So a couple things for you today, Edward. Um, I know I had told you months ago that I had gotten into NCIS. Matthew mm-hmm. yes. binge-watched it, and I would catch an episode from time to time with him, but it's not me. I can't sit there like he did and in six days watch 20 seasons. I can't no. do it. I mean, it's And it was more than six days, but you get my point. He was watching probably four and five episodes a day to where he got through 20 seasons and... 24 episodes per season. So you do the math. It's a lot of shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How many is that? Like 400? Yeah. It's a lot. So, but I would see, you know, one day here, I'd watch one with him and then I'd watch another. And slowly, when you don't even realize it, you start to really become familiar with the characters. And you all of a sudden, you know their names. And you know, you start to know the show and also recurring actors and actresses and characters in the show. So I decided probably about three months ago, four months ago, I'm going to watch an episode a day. I enjoy it. I like the show. But what's weird is um, I started watching it with the Rutgers travel. So probably January, I say, was when I started watching it. And I was watching it on my on my little tablet. And I had watched a bunch of them in the early seasons. So I started on season six only because I had watched with him the last like five episodes of season five. So I figure rather than go back, I'm just going to continue when I want. I think we went to Illinois. I figure we went. So I'm now up to season 16 and it has hit me that I'm coming towards the end of the series. Like in mm-hmm. another month, I'll be done with it. And now it is, it is no longer be in production. No, it's, it's coming back in the fall for season 21. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. But I don't know how much longer this show's not going to go on for 50 years. I mean, you would think at some point it's going to be over, especially with Mark Harmon not in it anymore, but whatever. And it hit me like, as I'm watching the show yesterday, I watched two episodes yesterday. When it's over, like, those characters are gone. And that's it. And I started thinking about, like, favorite shows growing up. Was there ever for you, whether it was a drama, a comedy, anything like that, that you got it was appointment television for you? Where every week, and it was different, no Netflix back in the day, clearly. Mm-hmm. But like you couldn't wait for 9 o'clock on Tuesday for blah, blah, blah. 
Well, for me, it was late seventies, and it was CBS on Friday nights. Was that Dukes of Hazard in Dallas? And but first, The Incredible Hulk. Oh, okay. So it was all three of them, mm. back to back to back. But other than that, I I was I really liked. I got into Mash because I would watch the older ones that were in syndication. Okay, but it was such a long lived series that it was still. Than going on, I think I forget the last mash. How long was mash for? How many oh, years gosh. did you say? Uh, I want to say it was fifteen years. It was that long. Uh, that's just a guess, but you know, I eleven. I, okay, eleven. So not seasons. as long, but it was still going on, and I got into it, and then like the whole last mash episode, and but that is a series that has not held up. I think some of the earlier ones, when it was more just comedy mm-hmm. and less dramatic, those hold up. But then the, some of the later ones, it doesn't really translate for whatever reason. Why? Because it got too serious? Uh, it just, yeah, just the themes and the, the I don't know, it just something about it didn't really hold up for me over time. Maybe it does for some people. What's, so what's interesting is I did not realize until I just Googled this, I was not a MASH fan. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely seen some episodes. Sure. I thought... MASH was a play on Vietnam. And as I'm reading here, it was about the Korean War. Yes. And they say, and the the line is, MASH ran for 11 seasons, even though the Korean War only lasted three. Correct. So yeah. perhaps maybe people got tired of the theme of the show, maybe, because the Korean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, like in terms of why it didn't hold up or why yeah. it ended. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I can't. I, I just I can't even put my finger on it. Some of the earlier ones before they they did make sort of a switch and the cast changed and 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 Frank Burns left and then they kind of changed the Hot Lips Hulahan Loretta Switz character. You know she kind of evolved and changed. It just for me it just didn't really hold up. But some of the earlier ones did. It's interesting because I said to Matthew when he was on like season nineteen um, of watching NCIS and. I said, man, the characters are all different. Like, how do you even stay with it? And he's like, well, because of the way they all left at different times, it's just like they start to blend back in and you get very familiar with them. Like, well, I I can't see that if I watch it and now I'm going through it. Mm -hmm. And you do. You get used to all the different characters and it's like it's not the same as it was, but it's still pretty damn good. And it's it's really a great show. I actually enjoy it a lot. And you, did you, so you have... Did not start with season one. I did not. Now, I've seen a lot of them, but I did not start at season one. Enough to sort of... Oh, absolutely. And like, so Kim even watches it. She did start at season one. But she's like me. She's not going to watch six episodes a day. It's like one a day. So she's like on season five. And by the Mm -hmm. time she catches up, it'll be 2026. But it's something she likes to watch because, you know, it's 45 minutes, no commercials with the Netflix, and it's easy. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's one of those shows that, um, you, you get used to the characters being there and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what he's gone, but how am I going to watch the show? And the new guy comes in and you start watching the show Mm -hmm. and it's not so bad. Not the same. It's different, but still pretty good. And, but, and this is something you just do independently. Obviously you just watch it on your own. Whenever I, whenever I have 45 minutes I will squeeze a show in. Yes. So like yesterday, mm-hmm. I spent yesterday morning. We were supposed to finish our tournament yesterday. Um, we were supposed to go down to Trenton at 8 a.m. Uh, we knew the weather was bad, but I also knew Trenton's an hour away. Maybe the mm-hmm. weather wasn't raining. So I still got up at 6 o'clock yesterday morning and was going to get uh, Joseph up at 6.15 because we were going to leave by 6.35. And I got up at 6, went downstairs. 6.05, I got the text from one of our coaches we're canceled. Go back to bed. Well, I'll talk to you in a few days. I was up though. Like, you know, once I got out of bed, I was kind of up and I went to bed at 10 30, mm-hmm. assuming we were going to play a game. And so, uh, instead of in the past, I probably would have went in and put that on yesterday though. I tried to teach myself video editing. So Gallo gave me a quick little, uh, instructional, uh, class, if you will. So I went to do it. I'm like, all right, I don't remember anything he showed me. So I went to YouTube and there was a great 20 minute video on Adobe Premiere Pro. And so I watched it twice and then I started to try and edit. I bought Adobe Pro. Needless to say, that started at 6.05 noon. I was still editing stuff at my dining. I learned. 
And now this is all for all the videos you have of the baseball team. Well, it's for anything I want to do. But yes, I mean, the idea is I would like to put together little highlight packages for the boys and for like we had a great game last week in Virginia where we beat a 14-year-old team out of Long Island. Uh, five nothing. Our, one of our pitchers threw a one-hitter. We had clutch hitting. So I'm going to string that game together, which a two-hour game I can string together in nine minutes by taking out all the crap. In the past, I've paid Gallo to do that for me. Mm-hmm. Now I know. And it was kind of fun. Like, I almost felt accomplished. Like I really learned something. And uh, just similarities to the audio editing no. or just no? No. Everyone says that. No. It's not even remotely close. Okay. I mean, yes, you can delete certain areas in the audio file, and I guess the video file too, but you still have to clip and drag and place. And No. It's mm-hmm. Knowing, I would say knowing how to edit audio digitally helps you to a point of kind of understanding, piecing, piece, uh, piecing clips together. But when you're doing it visually, and there, it's just, the whole, but you got a source page and a play page and a bin pad. It's like, there's so much going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild, but I felt pretty good about myself that I actually learned something. Oh, that's good. And how much was the program? Uh, I did. I signed up for one year Mm -hmm. and then I'll decide if I was a 200 bucks for one year. And then if I want to, if this is working and then I'll I'll keep doing it. If you, if you're going to use it like, you know, you want to, it'll be more than worth it. Yeah, I would because I would also use it for the cornhole. Mm-hmm. I would love to put together like a cornhole reel sure. the way I paid Izzo to do one for me back right, in the day, right. which came out great. But I would love to update that and do my own thing. Right, as, uh, as an additional thing for the people who are paying to, yeah. to be in the league. Be kind of cool. Put up the yeah. highlights on YouTube. Right. You know, If you want to see them. I saw this headline and I thought, why not ask you if you would have the wherewithal to do this? If I can find it really quick. All right, listen to this headline. Mm-hmm. Leaping to action. Passenger crash lands a plane at Martha's Vineyard after the pilot passes out. Mm. Now, I think all of us, not all of us, I think most of us, in a moment like that, your adrenaline, fear, whatever, would kick into gear and you would take the wheel and try and figure it out. Could you imagine, though, being in that moment like you're a passenger on a plane, and this is a small plane. It's not a commercial plane. It's probably a small ten, and it's a prop, not a jet. Looks like a prop plane. Uh, you know what? It's Martha's Vineyard, and looking at the picture, it could be a small jet. I don't yeah. know. That's hard to tell. Could you imagine being in that situation where you've got to go do something you've never done and have no idea, and yet there you are trying to land a plane, or you're gone? Yeah. Uh, no, I would like not to imagine that, but you know, if it happened, I would like to think I could maybe, you know, at least make a decent attempt and everybody was okay. Um, or just minor injuries. Yeah. I mean, basically let's see the passenger on board, a small plane, blah, 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 blah. After the pilot passed out behind the controls, the female passenger took over. Uh, when the 79-year-old male pilot suffered a medical emergency upon final approach. She landed the plane in a grassy area near a runway at the island's airport, but the impact uh, caused the left wing to break in half. Mm. The pilot was medevaced to Boston Hospital, life-threatening condition, the woman unharmed. Mm. How about that? Mm. And what's interesting about that is they always tell you when you brace yourself, you're more apt to be injured. Correct. As opposed to if you're just, your body's relaxed. He was passed out. Yeah. And he's the one that got medevaced. Well, uh, that could be not from the from the landing, but from his, what caused him to pass out. Oh, that's out. true. That's a good point. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, it doesn't say anything else. They had flown from Westchester to Martha's Vineyard. She's fine. 100%. She went to the, air, uh, to the hospital, got checked out, and was clear. And they were on approach, right? So it doesn't even sound like... Like, you know, you see in the movies where she gets on the, and the, you know, the tower is talking or, you know, hey, you see this lever, you see this. It sounds like she just had to do it and without any instruction whatsoever. Yeah, where no one was walking her through it right, and telling right, her, right. pull this level, right, do that. Right, right, right. That is some scary crap. Mm. And then this was the other story that I saw before one more we'll wrap up with. Um, you saw the movie, um, what the hell was the name of it? Oh, come on. The movie with Tom Hanks, Castaway. I have never seen you it. You never saw Castaway? I'm aware it exists, as we yeah. like to say. You know what's cool about Castaway, if you ever have time to, and it's long, I think it's a two-hour movie, mm-hmm. two hours and 15 minutes maybe. 
What's amazing about Castaway is how long the movie goes on with no dialogue, mm-hmm. and yet it is unbelievably intriguing to watch and captivating in a way. Right. And it has basically one character for the almost the whole... Yeah. In the beginning, you've got a cast. At the end, you've got a cast. Right. And in the middle, it's just Tom Hanks and his volleyball Wilson. Right. <laughs> for, for like almost two hours. Yeah. And it's still... It's just, I don't know. It's still a very interesting movie to watch. So an Australian man has been rescued in the Pacific after surviving, listen to this, two months on rainwater and raw fish. Uh, So they're comparing him to Castaway. Um, But he had, instead of a volleyball, he had a dog with him, Hmm. which is pretty wild. Uh, 51-year-old cancer survivor and his dog, Bella, set off from Mexico in April on a catamaran journey uh, to the French Polynesia, but their vessel was damaged in a storm. A catamaran. Yeah, yeah. Right. They, but they made they made landfall somewhere. No, no, no. They were adrift in the oh. Pacific. Ufa. They survived by drinking rainwater and eating raw fish. Wednesday, a helicopter conducting surveillance for a tuna trawler spotted the catamaran bobbing in the middle of the vast ocean. Wow. I mean, this is like something out of a movie. Looks like Letterman looks now. Well, he looks like Tom Hanks looked like yeah, in a movie, yeah. uh, which is really fascinating. Um, and there he is with his dog there. Oh, maybe that is Tom Hanks. No, that's the guy. This is him cleaned <laughs> up with his dog. I mean, nice. look at that. And and that's where we sit there and we look at like the globe. We forget how much oh ocean my God. is out there. Oh, yeah. It's like 75% of the, of the earth. It's amazing. Yeah. I had a friend of mine went on a cruise two weeks ago. He was terrified to get on it. Really? Terrified. His wife wanted to go. Their son wanted to go. They went. They had a good time. But he basically said, I'm on a boat in the middle of, and what happens mm-hmm. if something happens? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's like, ah, nothing's going to happen. You'll be fine. There are floating cities now. You'll be okay. He's like, okay. I'm sure they told the Titanic people that years ago. Yeah. I mean, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, terrified of it. Yeah, and if you ever want to be scared about uh, going out on the ocean, just Google rogue waves and, you know. I don't want to. Okay. Rogue waves, just what does that mean? Just like for some reason that they don't truly understand the way waves, you know, coalesce and magnify each other every once in a while, out of nowhere you get this gigantic wave in the middle of the ocean and, you know, they are... A lot of ship disappearances are blamed on rogue waves. But not not cruise ships. Uh, yeah, they could take down big ships, too. Really? These are massive waves. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, just to oh, see, this sucks. I'm not signed into YouTube. Yeah, no. I yeah. watch the stupid commercials. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if I can find one, this first one. I mean, that, but that looks like more of a wave. That looks like a typhoon. Yeah, but and this is not this is not this is not uh, like a tidal wave or on shore. These are out in the middle of the ocean, right? And then they could swamp vessels. All right, so here's one with a boat. Oh my god! And they're riding right into it. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess they're gonna ride over it. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's some but, scary but stuff. But that's inside of land. But these other ones, not not tidal waves, not shore waves. These are just waves that accumulate and grow massive out in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Like with, you know, a thousand like miles from land. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And then you see like these rigs that are out there in the ocean where mm-hmm. they're, I guess they're drilling for oil, I guess. Could you imagine having to live on that? Yeah, and they do for months and oh, months and months. God, there are some, I mean, it's... Oh, it's like being on a submarine for months, underwater for which, months. Yeah. I, well... And that comes to my fear again. I, I, there's no way I could do that. No. There's not no. a chance I could do that. No. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That's why I always thank my, I'm very uh, grateful for the careers we chose. Yeah. Yeah. And I would go to, I go Wikipedia, the rogue wave, rather than try to YouTube it. Okay. But that'll give you a better idea of what the hell they are. Uh, and last thing, uh, were you, I'm sure you were familiar with it. But when this whole story broke on Friday with this Long Island mm-hmm. murderer, were you like completely up on this or is this no, something you would just, no, I, I w- had no idea what the I hell was, was going just on. just vaguely aware of it, probably in part because 
Geo and uh, Boomer and Geo probably mentioned it here or there. Yeah. And of course, Al's obsession with serial killers. And he right. probably mentioned it on a podcast or something somewhere. But no, I was had no idea of the specifics. Just like you, sort of the vaguest notion of what yes. was going on. I had no idea. Yeah. And I had two inter, uh, two interactions on Friday night, which I thought were fascinating just because of how localized it is. So we went down to the proving ground in uh, the Highlands. Atlantic mm-hmm. Highlands went out to dinner and saw a couple of couple of listeners, very nice people. And this one woman comes up to me and she goes, Hey, so I watch the show every day. Love you guys. You know, uh, boomers. She didn't say he's this whole pass. She said something like that though. Mm-hmm. She goes, boomers, my fantasy. I forget, but was she really into boomer? She goes to me and she wouldn't stop talking, which was fine. I, right. No problem talking to her. You know, I loved Craig, but then boomer. I didn't like Gio at first, but now I love him. She goes, but I got to tell you, she goes, today's show stunk. <laughs> I'm like, Why? She goes, what was all that about? Serial killers? I'm like, oh, yeah. And I, well, they're Long Island guys. It's a big story, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. About an hour later, we sit down to dinner with, we were with three other couples. And one of the couples, originally from Long Island, her name is Andrea. And she goes, she goes, I have to tell you, he watches your show all the time, her husband. Mm-hmm. She goes, I don't. She goes, I stumbled upon it this morning. Captivating. Yeah. She goes, that was amazing. Right. I'm like, oh, you were. She goes, well, I grew up an hour from Massapequa. Like, I, she, I, that was so great what you guys did today. It was so funny. Like, within an hour, the person from the Jersey Shore did not care. And then I, she's from Long Island and thought it was just amazing, which makes sense. And, and for me, I experienced both things. At first, I was like, oh, God, we're going to talk about this for a little. And I really didn't care. But then, as the drama sort of, it captivated me. You got into me. it. Yeah. Right. And un- unlike you, I'm there. I'm listening. Yeah. Like, I can't hear anything. You were out, out there. there editing this and that. So for me, I went from like, oh, geez, you know, I didn't really sure. care about it to being captivated by it. You realize how different my job is from three years ago? Oh, my God. Yes. You yeah. go from having Bob here as, you know, whatever he did, he did a lot for the show, but it was basically for the entire show, plus a tape editor out there. Sure. I used to be able to read articles, listen and monitor the mm-hmm. whole show to tape editor gone. Ask yeah. Bob to help me out and do it. And he did a lot. Yes. To then Bob gone, like, I don't hear anything. Right. And for me, it's ever since the pandemic and then with the increased things I have to do for the digital platforms, it's a similar thing. Yeah. I have probably a little more of the time that I I used to than you do. But still, for me, I am preoccupied by other things that I never had to do. I know a lot of it is in the first two hours, just like you. You just got to be, I have to get in. I have all these other things I have to do that I started doing during the pandemic, and they (laughs) never went away. I'm still doing them. And then the increased uh, digital stuff that we have to do as well so it's yeah. great it really is it's not like it, it's um, the amount of people that are like hey blah 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 this morning I'm like yeah I, I don't know i didn't hear it mm-hmm. i don't know what you're referencing yeah and there's times in there Weird. when sometimes and you you've experienced it to me, like i'm doing stuff yeah and i know you'll ask me a question i'm like ah i know <laughs> what is he talking to me yeah hello yeah um, all right, we got to go, Eddie. Thank all you very right. much. Uh, we'll do this again Wednesday. I think I'll have Fliegelman yes, tomorrow. Fliegs tomorrow. And then you on Wednesday, if that's okay. Well, that's fine. And then no podcast, no extra podcast Thursday because I'm off Thursday, Friday. Right. We'll just do the uh, post the warm up with, I think both of those days is uh, C Low and C Mac, which today was the first time I believe that they've ever worked together. And guess what's happening in about five seconds? You're going to hear the warm-up show with CeeLo and C-Mac coming up right now when you do your CEO thing. CEO! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Good Monday morning to you at 5.02. Crystal Presti here hanging out with you on the fan. I got another Chris next to me who just finished a nice uh, three-hour overnight program. So we figure, why not bleed another hour out of him here to kick off uh, the work week? It's the early start of the work week for him. Early start of the work week for us as well. You already heard from Eddie with that wonderful Evan Roberts drop there at the end of Peter Schwartz's update. (laughs) As we're just off and running here uh, on a Monday morning. You will have Jerry Recco and Greg Giannotti coming up at the top of the hour. Jerry's in for Boomer today. I'm in for Jerry. We've got no Al Dukes this week, so we'll have a little bit of CeeLo and C-Mac. Excuse me. C-Mac and CeeLo. No, no, that's fine. That's the way we go. Of course, that's if fine. you're Craig Carton, it's Big Mac, but for everyone else, right. it's C-Mac. So we got McMonagall hanging out here Mac and Low. That's right. I like hey. that better, actually. Mac and Low. Mac and Low. There we go. That has a nice ring and to it. And we've been C-Mac and CeeLo for forever. Right. Like, I, and I think it's it's Eddie who likes to... 100%. I mean, 100, I got C-Mac from him. I'm sure you got CeeLo from him. I so. did. He's got a lot to do with what I've been, you know, monikered for a uh, better part of a decade and a half. He is the nickname Thanks. giver around these parts. Yeah, or, no question. Uh, has been for many years. No, yep. no doubt about it. All right. So listen, before we dive into our crappy baseball teams around oh. here, even though the Mets won a game on Sunday, I do have to ask, I, I'm more so just a general curiosity of mine as I was driving yeah. in this morning, of course, tuning into your brand new full-time overnight yes. program. So congrats to you on that. Oh, first thank of all, thank you. But by the way, have you and I, for that, have you and I ever done a show together? I don't think so. I don't think so. How about no. a segment? Have you ever done a segment together? Just just the two of us. No. I don't think so, right? No, no. All right, this is the first time. This Very is the first good. time. I'm excited and, about it. And we've it. had no, people but... confuse us before, oh, so hopefully people oh, won't be driving oh, off the oh, yeah. roads. Oh, I, you know how many f- phone calls to the newsroom are back there? It's like, <laughs> uh, can I ask who this is? Yeah, it's Chris. Chris Lepresti? <laughs> no, just just Chris McMonagall. It I'm happens sorry. both ways, my yeah, man. Yeah, I'm sure so it does. It's all good. Yeah. Interesting, as we're discussing this, the great Connor Green just walks in behind yeah, the glass. Yeah, Connor. Because this is, this is where we begin. Not so much um, Connor's sob story from having to work a double shift through the night, but I caught the two of you guys having a little conversation about that coming out of the 3 o'clock update uh, in the wee hours of this morning and mentioning to Connor, but, well, what is there really to do at midnight and wherever the hell he lives now, somewhere in New yeah. York City? Maybe, oh, you go to your local, local watering hole and complain about the Yankees. And you went into... I'll call it a voice, an impersonation, yeah. and I'll just play a little sample here. I'll let you hear it back, uh-huh. and I'd like the breakdown <laughs> of what exactly you were going for here, okay? Sure. Did you ever hear that fatso Chris McMonagall talk? He's the only <laughs> one who defends them. What a moron. Oh, they're killing them with our beloved Yankees. It's never been so bad. Is that like the 1950s fan? Yeah, 40s. Yeah, kind of vaudeville. It got vaudeville. into a, it kind of go. got into a vaudeville. Okay. I didn't even realize I did that. It's kind of just more of a thing. <laughs> And then it, it came that way, but it's almost like a complaint. That's how I just think of someone, you know, at a, at a speakeasy, sitting okay. around waiting for someone to complain about. All right, we're familiar with that here. Of course, uh, uh, Gio would do that with um, Wayne, Wayne Randazzo, Randazzo with the yes. Met Calls, who's no yeah. longer with us, yeah. not on this earth here in New York, of course, yeah. uh, doing Angels TV now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I did think it was that that was the direction. I wasn't quite sure. I was like... I mean, the man has a New York accent, yeah. so I, what I mean, is that supposed to be? No. Old, angry Yankee fan it is, but also <laughs> he's got that, like, yeah, vaudeville is the, I think that's the right I, way to... It, yeah, it was not intended. Listening back to it, that's what it sounded like. All right. I just, I, well, I'm I guess... i I could bring that to yeah, your attention. I just, <laughs> I just slipped into it. I, you'll learn, hopefully, everyone will, as we go through it. I have many a voice 
and many a different uh, tactic to uh, explain. Plus, I think when I said fatso, it felt like an old time insult. Like, so I felt like I heard. I even heard a little Peter Griffin in there. If you're maybe a, family a little bit, guy yeah, at yeah, all. yeah, yeah, a little that Massachusetts yeah. uh, Providence uh, accent, maybe. But no, that's just off the no planned thing. Just went with it. Very good. I, I think the fat so led into the the accent that went with it. Well, listen, it gave me a chuckle. There Obviously, it caught my attention there uh, in the early stages well, of my. I want to make you laugh. Commute in this morning. I appreciate that. Thank I appreciate you. that. Sometimes I'm quick to turn the music on, but uh, I stayed with you throughout the course of, uh, wow. of the ride in. So. What do you, what's a, that's what's not a, a knock on Sal, but a lot of yeah. times in recent oh, sure. recent months, Sal's not even been on the overnight right, program. Exactly. So you know, yeah, he's moved on. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, but so, what's a go-to music for you? Just a a, a particular thing, a radio station? A, um, no, a playlist? I, I, no, no radio stations. <laughs> well, I'm a satellite, perhaps. I know, or I, some I, I, I for gotcha. radio station. No, I, I rock with my own stuff, um, okay. and it generally it's got to be something uppity at that. You know, I agree with you. Now, I'm not I, I'm not one of these people that can just roll out of bed in the middle of the night. I, I've got to take the shower to wake myself up. Coffee yeah. in the car, the whole nine. Yeah. But if I start going to the slow, calm music, that's yeah. a recipe for disaster I, you know it's funny maybe not early this in the morning but i tend when i get in the car i tend to do the easy listening okay like uh a lot of acoustic guitar stuff i like, I like a good have, acoustic uh yeah. version of a song i do but, like that yeah um and especially in the summertime i'm a i'm a big um in the summer i'm i'm a big vibe guy mm. i like the idea of like when it's summer i want to feel like it's summer sure. all the time so i'm like I, I like to play a lot of summer music so i'll play a lot of um Oh, a lot of parrot head. I'm thinking of the, the uh, his name is escaping me because I've been up for Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Thank you very much. I've seen that. him in concerts. And he's a mind reader. I love Jimmy Buffett. Uh, so I listen to a lot of Jimmy Buffett. I listen to a lot of Bob Marley. Like I want to feel the summertime. Okay. And they make me feel summery. Have you gotten at all into the modern pop country? So that's a big summertime yeah, vibe. Yeah. Al no. Dukes is big on that. I'm no. big on that. Yeah. Really? I yeah. haven't. Yeah. I know. Um, I just heard whiskey glasses. By, yeah, uh, yeah, Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen. Mm-hmm. I just saw Chris Stapleton. I don't know if he counts. I saw uh, him at yeah. uh, Bethel Woods up by me. He's in, a little uh, more bluesy, a little more soul, yeah. but oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, tremendous singer. So I'm big on voices too. I, if you're a good singer, you probably got me. Totally agree. So oh, uh, I need a good yeah, singer. Chris Stapleton's incredible, but no, not too much. I'm not too much of a country guy. No, All right. I stick with my roots mainly. Well, whatever Classic works rock. for you, right? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, what's not working right now uh, is is the baseball locals, as no. we know. I know you just finished three hours of this. It's okay. I was very relieved because. How do, let's see. How do I say this? I'm I'm not an alarmist, mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm usually I'm usually the middle of the road guy. Switzerland, though, sometimes sure. call me that. But I know when it comes to the Yankees, yes, you especially positive. will draw the ire of the Yankee fan because they feel I, this is not my word, but I've heard yeah. the word apologist is a word yeah, I've heard yeah, thrown yeah, around yeah. quite a oh, bit. I'm sure you have. So I was curious in the, in the chat, no doubt. <laughs> Right, in the chat, chat, no doubt. The legendary chat. Uh, Not for me, maybe from others. Anyway, uh, I did, as I got in this morning, I was like, okay, let me check in. This is perfect. You know, McMonagle's got the new show. Monday morning, off a brutal Yankee loss. Let me me take his temperature and see where he's at. And I I was very relieved because I thought we were going to have to come in here. We're buddies. I thought we were going to have to argue and throw down and I was going to have to get on you. But you you were just as annoyed and frustrated and disgusted as I think most of us were. Yeah, I mean, I think I get that moniker kind of unfairly because I kill the team all the time. I just tend to blame the players a little bit more than like every loss doesn't have to be some overarching conversation about the failures of Brian Cashman. We don't have to. Or Aaron Boone. Or Aaron Boone. Like we don't have to get into a conversation like, you know, about how. The trade for Stanton has 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 hindered the ability to do other things. Like it's just that's where we go every time. Gene Stick Michael built the '90s team, not right. Cash. You're right. We get there every time we have a Yankee loss, and it, it just drives me crazy. But right now they are awful, and the main from for me that the main story coming from this game was we start to talk about this bullpen like one of the best in baseball. We talk about the ERA. We talk about the different guys without having, although Clay Holmes has been great, not that really great closure that you feel comfortable with in any situation that you trust. Overall, the bullpen's been terrific. And if if they're going to be the reason they lose games, uh, that's what bad teams do. They find ways to lose games. And for that offense to come back, take, you know, uh, retake the lead and then have it, Two different two-run leads blown by what is supposed to be the strength of the team. I mean, there's no other way to put it. To lose consecutive series to the Cardinals who are in last place, 
the Cubs who aren't any good, and now the worst team in the National League to yeah. lose those three consecutive series. I don't care, no judge. I don't care how poorly constructed this roster is. The Yankees are better than that. And it's it's right now they're not. It's it's a tough watch. And the bullpen, which oh, best bullpen ERA yep. in all of baseball. And even after this stretch, now I think it's the last eight games where their ERA is north of eight. Yes, they still lead the league. That's how good enough, they were. That's how good they were. But yeah, when it rains, and, and, it pours. I, and a lot of people will tell you, "Oh, give me the inherited runners," or because it's tough the ERA. Yeah, yeah, I think on an individual game, I think that's fair. It doesn't tell the story. Like if a guy comes in with two runners on, allows both to score, has a zero yeah, ERA. Yeah, yeah. But I think over the course of a year, looking at an entire bullpen, I think an ERA is a fair judge, and I think they've been really good. But Right now, they're struggling. Every, I mean, up and down. Canely has now had two bad appearances in a row. Finally, he was Fin- hadn't given up a run. He was like 16 straight appearances. Yeah. I hadn't given a run, but Just we shouldn't have went he, to him. Yeah. Why'd you go to him? I don't know why Boone's thinking. So I'm not, I don't think I went vaudeville there. <laughs> no, but, no, um, no, no. That was, current, but, yeah. that was current day. Thank you for that. <laughs> but, you know, and then Holmes hasn't given up a home run all year. Just, right. Even if he gives up a single, mm-hmm. the game is tied. It's a different thing. He gives up the grand slam. I mean, Nick Ramirez, just, first home Nick run. Nick Ramirez, first the, home the run. The guy who hits the walk-off, it's his it's first just, home run of the I season. I mean, it's just they Can't are finding ways to lose. It's 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 unbelievable how bad they've been without Judge. Now, it shouldn't be this. I agree. Now, the thing with the bullpen, as good as the numbers were, and, and this is where I do, I, I do credit their organization and the pitching coach and the staff and all that, they have found a way to sort of develop or unearth these guys, like yeah. what Holmes was when he first came here. A guy like Marinaccio, who I'm not to say he's so, – so the bullpen in general, the numbers are great, but when you look at each individual guy, right. you don't see – you don't think dominance. Uh, fair. They I, come in, they find a way to get the job done, yep. but it's not like you go, oh, man, back into nope. that Yankee pen. Oh, boy, I better get to these starters earlier. I don't think I'm going to be able to come away with anything. They no. just seem to have a way. Yeah, there have been guys at times, like if you go back uh, to the first half of last year, Holmes and King were that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping King can get back to it. And I think that's one of the major problems of this bullpen. I don't know if you heard me uh, on the show. I think that the idea that King is so unavailable right. uh, as someone who's relied on as a back end of the bullpen guy, he pitches and then you can't see him they for three, give four him days. multiple outs and then he's got to sit down. Stop yeah. throwing him two, in, two and two-thirds innings. if he, It's going to cost you four days. Yeah. The bullpen's not good enough. And right now, especially during this stretch of no judge and before the trade deadline, so it's no judge back, no way to help the offense via trades, you have to hold on to every single lead. And I don't want him pitching three innings a game they lose and then not have him for four days. So it's, it's mind-boggling. But I agree with you. There hasn't been that one guy. It's been an overall... Uh, you know, guys doing their jobs, guys being, you know, pretty good. I And call me crazy, Boone deploying them at somewhat, I mean, at some point, yeah. you got to be willing to say some of it's about using them in the spot that makes them successful when they're successful. I mean, so I think overall it has been good, but you're right. In a big spot, there is not a single guy that comes into that game and I go, we're good. Not yeah. a single guy. And, you and feel- that's different from years, years past. past where they've sure. had some really good teams. No, absolutely. I mean, the bull, but again, the, uh, you're you're 100% right. The bullpen, the one thing, we can argue Brian Cashman all day. The one thing Brian Cashman has done, and it's hard to argue, has built a bullpen every year. Yeah. I mean, you look across town, Sandy Alderson and the Mets haven't been able to build a, build a bullpen for a decade. Shy on multiple and, arms and right And even now. we all thought you lose Mariano Rivera, we're never going to – the bullpen's never going to be the same. And while no one's been Mo, to your point – Overall, I mean, you look at Andrew Miller, you look at David Robertson, you look at all the different Chapman guys. At Chap- his, at his Chapman peak, at his yeah. best. But Tansis was arguably the best reliever in baseball yeah. for two or three years. I mean, over and over again, he's able to build a bullpen. And he's got a good one this year. But it's at the point right now where it feeds on top of itself. And it just feels like no, like Canely walks the leadoff man in that inning, and immediately I feel it. <laughs> I feel like they feel it. Somehow they're going to lose this game. And he walks that leadoff man, and I'm telling you, I'm immediately like, here we go. Here we go. They are going to find a way to lose. In a game where, and I know you put it this way, the Rockies basically look like they wanted the Yankees to win and wanted to lose. I mean, they're throwing the ball around the infield. They're oh. throwing a, where there's you know unoccupied bases. <laughs> <laughs> I've never was... seen that before. I've never seen the third baseman take a cutoff <laughs> throw and then throw it to a wide-open first base with no one standing there. I have never oh, seen that man. before. This was not like... This was not the Rockies having a great series. Like no. this, it wasn't one of those things where the Rockies just stepped up and you go, all right, you tip your cap, they're bound to have a good series here or there. Other than these crappy starting pitchers that <sighs> made the Yankee lineup look like pus. Un, 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 <laughs> I mean, just, the, have you seen their numbers against starting pitching? No, I know. Even, even their 
any kind of offensive success they've ever had, it seems to be against the bullpen. Their numbers against the starting rotations. I mean, you look at the last, I did it, like over the last handful of starts, going back even further than the series. Yeah. This series obviously has Austin Gomber and Chase Anderson, right. who had ERAs over six. But then you go back to Jamison Tyone. Yeah, I remember even, that. Was even done. Dean Kramer, right. who shut them down. Who? <laughs> I mean, he, he's got an ERA over five. Mm. I mean, it's been consistent where it doesn't matter who it is, the starting pitching is going to shut them down. And it's not like it was... Like the 98 Yankees made famous knocking the the starting pitcher out, getting to the underbelly of bullpens. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. The bullpen, everyone comes in throwing 98 miles right. an hour. People want to get to their so bullpens. They can't wait to get to their bullpens now. That's a whole new game. Yeah. So the idea of they don't work at bats, they never knock out a, a starter. I understand the approach of, hey, hit strikes, attack early in the count because you're not looking to get to the hard flamethrowers out of the bullpen. It's a different world. But on some level, you have to be able to attack starting pitching better than what the Yankees are doing. It's been just absolutely atrocious. And name after name and guy after guy who are having arguably, I mean, every pitcher who shows up, he's one of the worst pitchers who's allowed f- to start every fifth day, and he shuts them down. He doesn't even have, oh, that's a that's a good performance for him. He has five innings, no runs, eight innings, one hit. It's 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 remarkable. You can't make it up. Can't you really, it up. And you're also apparently not allowed to ask Aaron Boone questions of that. That line in the post game, I'm sure Gio will bite my head off in about an hour or so when I go to play that sound bite. And he yes. reminds me that Aaron Boone audio is uh, banned on the show. Oh, is that a fact? Yes, yes. Oh, you know, we're not allowed to it? hear from Boone. Yeah, yeah, he's, okay. yeah he's, he's on the no-fly list. Yeah. You can get away with one or two maybe <laughs> if it's really newsworthy. But okay. if you go beyond that, yeah, you got to be careful. But in this case, I mean, that's... To me, that's the takeaway. Again, he gets a little snippy, and I get it. He's gonna, he's always gonna defend his team. That's it. And 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 we have gotten to the point where these managers, especially in New York, where it's like, well, mm-hmm. what else can they say? But you, you know, it's in front of us. We control it. We yes. hold the pen. Like he goes back yeah. to those same, same. lines, mm-hmm. which fine. You got to do that when you're speaking before and after every game. But it's like when he gets snippy with the, well, what do you expect them to ask? You just blew right. the game. You've you just made the point about all these series they've lost in recent you know recent weeks against these crappy teams. I mean, yep. it's a fair question. Oh, it's no doubt it's a fair question. But I just I don't understand. It's more of like I'm just like I don't want to hear it. Right. Than getting angry about it because he was he he didn't ask like do you think your process is capable of building championships? It's like you say you have a championship caliber team. This is what we've seen. Do you still believe you have a, a caliber, a championship caliber team? What is he supposed to say? No, we can't win the World yeah, Series. I get that. Like, no, you're right. I, I think th- I think this weekend in July proved it. We can't win the World Series. Like, of course he's going to get uh, snippy and say, "Of course we can. We can." You know, I mean, and if you look at it, the Atlanta Braves, the Phillies, you could bring up the examples of teams who are in the sure. same position the Yankees are in now. But it is it's frustrating listening to that after you just saw what you saw. I get it. But I don't know what Boone's supposed to say. No, not, not not less about the overall answer, but more to like you know get lost with that core, whatever. Yeah, you're right. That's fair. You know, it is a fair question. Now they you want to get on just... the wording of the question, I guess. I suppose I yeah. understand that. But uh, this thing, emotions and frustrations no, run abs- high ab- after these games. No, absolutely. Remember, was it last year? He banged the table. Like I think, yeah, that's part of it too. You'll hear people call him lifeless, and I'm like, Boone is the opposite of lifeless. He doesn't kill his players in the post game. Granted, and I what, think I mean few managers do these few, days. If few any managers do, I mean we again not to just keep bringing up Buck and the Mets, but you look well, across we'll to town. Buck and the Mets. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's brutal. It's yeah. the same exact thing. They drop a pop up, and he's like, "You'd be surprised how difficult that play is." Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's what they say. Right. They don't say, "I know he completely boot he booted it." I'm not sure I can play him tomorrow. Like that's not that's not what says. Nobody does it. Nobody yeah. does it. The only player that I think really you'd love to see a little bit of acknowledgement is Gleyber Torres for me. Because Gleyber Torres makes, you can't make the same mistake. He got caught off, he's on first base, pop up, just over the infielder's head. Two series in a row against Seattle and Texas, two series they happen to have won, the only two in this like last three months. But two consecutive series, he's on first base and is standing on third when the pop-up's caught going, what? <laughs> yeah, what happened? What? Two consecutive First day in baseball. Yeah. That can't happen. You have to acknowledge. And then he says, and then he makes errors that cost them a game. And he says, well, it's not an absorbent amount of errors. He leads the American League at second base with errors. Yeah, that was a bad Like, one. we have to just be, like, 
we have to hold players accountable on some level. Mistakes happen, errors happen, but you can't. It's the same thing with IKF last year. I was shit. That was the first thing that just came into my that, mind. By by far the most nonsense that he's ever talked that bothered me is consistently trying to tell us that IKF's a good shortstop. Right. Not like, not a good one of the best shortstops in the league and defensively. You, and if yeah. you look at their analytics, <laughs> like the analytics that we all say, you know, anal- hot dogs are too much money. It's analytics. Like everything's to blame for analytics. If you look at the analytical numbers, he's a terrible shortstop. Like they didn't have a leg to stand on yeah. with that argument, and they still go out there and vomit it out at us like we're gonna go. Oh, okay, maybe right. like so. There are times that it just drives you up a wall, but ultimately, like I really, I, I've, I've never looked at the team, and I just had a caller at the end of the show. He looks at the team and thinks they will never win with Aaron Boone, and I, I get a lot. I think a lot of people feel that way. I don't know how you can look at this team the way he gets what he gets from the bullpen, and then tell me how bad the the team is and what he's still able to get out of it. Like we hate the team. They won ninety nine games last year. Not good enough. Not throwing a parade for it. But at some point, either Cashman or Boone did a halfway decent job to win arguably the toughest division in baseball and get to the Final Four. Again, not throwing parades, but you can't tell me he's the worst GM, he's the worst manager when they win a division, 99 games, and get to the ALCS. Yeah, we've seen worse managers win World Series too, by the no way. Doubt. So, I mean, that's, no that doubt. just comes with that, that comes with the territory. All right, here we go. We're off and running. Some fired-up Yankees talk, as you'd imagine, after a brutal weekend for them in Denver. We'll see if they can fare better against the Angels who have their own problems. Just getting going with the warm-up show here on a Monday. What do we call it? Mac and Low? I like Mac that. Mac and Low. Mac and Low. Coming right back after this. Here on a Monday morning, Mac and Low, and get used to it because you'll have that for uh, four days this week, today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. If we could get McMonagle to turn his mic on, that'd be great. <laughs> there you go. That'd I wasn't boy. talking. What are you talking about? My mic was on. I know. Sitting in a different position sometimes throws us I all off. I don't know. Where, <laughs> you don't know where to go. <laughs> anyway, we're getting you started here for your work week. You got uh, Gio and Jerry Reco yeah. coming up at the top of the hour. Boomer will be back on Wednesday, and then Jerry's off later in the week. Al's off this week. We got Flegelman here. Oh, so it's just the way it works in the summer, you know. Yep. There's a lot of. Uh, it's like the Yankee lineup or the Met lineup for that matter. Every never know what you're going to get. Different spots, different guys, different. Mm-hmm. Positions, all that good stuff. So we talked a little Yankees there in the open. Another brutal loss for them uh, out in Colorado on Sunday. Now I wanted to, I wanted to, I, I took your temperature once. I'll take it again on where we're at with Aaron Judge because here's my concern. Mm-hmm. Not just in general with the Yankees and injuries because I feel like what they give us publicly often is not the reality of the situation. But in this case, you had Brett Boone. Take that for what it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Last week with Zach Gelb telling you that, you know, on CBS Sports Radio down yep. the hall there that Judge was going to be back, I think it was shortly after the All-Star break or right after the All-Star break, but it didn't come from brother Aaron. Fine. And then Brian Cashman, I think yesterday, was on MLB Network Radio on Sirius on, I guess it was Jim one of Jim Bowden's shows. And, it's, oh, Judge, you know, he's responding well to the treatment and he's swinging well now and, you know, positive. There. But, hey, is he going to be back in the next 10 days? I, I don't know. Like, what? How... How do we not have a timeline on this at this point? It's been, what, a month and a half now or yeah. so? I mean, beginning of June. Beginning of June. I, I'm a little surprised that that is that this stage they haven't been able to, or maybe it's just they don't want to reveal it publicly. I think that's it. But at some point, I mean, he is the best player on the team. Yes. And the season does kind of hang in the balance based on where he's at. Mm-hmm. Can you give us something here? Something to chew on? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think they don't want to. I think the, the fan base has enough... Uh, reasons to be mad that they don't want to get a timeline wrong and get killed for it and I just and I honestly think they don't know it's a matter of we, well because I think the injury's at a, at a point now where it's a, just a matter of pain tolerance yeah not going to so, get any better so it's, it's, re- it's probably not going to get better it might even need off-season surgery I'm concerned long term with this I mean it's it, it's a scary thing um feet are funny man I, I've always especially for I know it's a, I know exactly and you know it's also another sport but how many big men in basketball? And he is, you know, six seven. He's not sure. quite a center, but uh, you know, he's a he's a big guy. How many big men in basketball have had feet problems that last forever mm-hmm. and ruin careers? So I, I'm concerned about it. But I think that's it because it's a matter of pain tolerance. He's out there. He's running. I, I was really encouraged to see him take batting practice. He said he didn't feel limited. He's you know jogging out there. He's not really running out there. But 
Um, I think it's actually going to be sooner. I think we're going to see him no later than the, I would think the first week of August. That's what I'm shooting for. And that's, you just bring up another point. I mean, going in the box and hitting and making your way around the bases is one thing, but a big part of his game is what he offers them defensively. Not even just always in right field, but I mean, he's had to carry the load in center as well. Have a hard time imagining that he's going to be able to, you know, put, to use the word they love these days, post as much as, uh, he has in the past. Yeah. I mean, and then you're talking about you're bringing Stanton in the outfield into the mix, which I agree with you. I mean, I'd like to see it more often. And what do you have to lose at this point? Yeah. But it's an it's an interesting mix and jumble that they've got right no, now. No, no doubt. Now, but th- I mean, that's a good question. At what point, like, do you reach a point in the season where you're like, this is falling apart, and if we don't have Judge in the lineup right now, it's not going to get better. Do we bring him back as a DH and figure it out? And ultimately, they don't want to do that. Judge doesn't want to do that. And right now, they're not quite at the point where they have to. Right. Well, Standings-wise, a wild standing, card. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we look at them and it's like, out. oh, there are a million uh, games out in the division. But no. who cares about that? So many people talk about yeah. last place. I, I get it. They're in last place. It's terrible. They'd be in first place in the Central. They'd have a bigger lead than Tampa Bay has in the East if they were in the Central. All right. Now, that doesn't mean anything. They're not in the Central. But they're two games out of the wild card. I don't care if they're in last place that much. Right. I really don't. Did you see the thing about – I thought I saved it here. The entire division mm-hmm. reaching 50 wins before playing 95 team games, first time it's ever happened. Yeah. I mean, they're, that they're, is pretty wild. They're, 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 la- they're tied for last in, in arguably the best division like we've seen in, in a long time there yeah. from top to bottom. So I'm not too worried about that. But as far as, yeah, Judge, I'm – he ha- he wants to make sure he's himself, and that's including being a terrific outfielder. I don't know if he's going to get to that point. I hope he does. I hope it's early August, but it, it gets to a point where if you're getting to mid-August and you're like, I can do everything but run, you got you to gotta just bite the bullet and figure out your outfield and add another outfielder. They're probably going to trade for a left fielder. That was another thing Cashman but, said yesterday. Yeah, oh, they yeah. have to. I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, Soto's uh, pie in the sky. You know, Bellinger's a hot name. Bellinger's a hot name now. I, I just saw... Uh, Gritchick, who's on um, Colorado, hit a home run against them earlier in the season, yep. uh, series, excuse me, and killed them when he was with Toronto for a long right, time. That's right. Just yeah. con- I mean, you look at the list of, of players who have current uh, active players with home runs against the Yankees. He's like up there with Vladimir that Guerrero. That is wild. Yeah. It's wild. So, but he's right-handed. You'd love to get a left-handed. Yeah, enough hitting. with the righties. I, I know. Mean, geez, it's a lot of righties. Especially when you you know the the one lefty you're relying upon hasn't hit a home run in you know a couple of years. Well, sarcasm, obviously, it, but it's he's Anthony the, Rizzo's in the longest home run streak of his career. He's he's the number one culprit for me in all of this. I don't know what's <sighs> happened sucks to him. I love him so I, much. I understand, and he's a win, and and that's what I, like I just don't get it. He's awful. I I don't consider him a threat. Like, I don't look at him as someone who's dangerous at all. That's a big problem. It's a big problem. I mean, I, I I expect him and Stanton to be dangerous hitters in the middle of the lineup that other teams have to prepare for. Even with Judge on the team, I still expect that. And the minute Judge went down, and that's really what the thing is for me, it coincides damn near exactly to the day Judge went down. Right. Judge goes down, and the second they need him, He goes into the worst month of baseball in his career. (laughs) Like the second they desperately need him, it's almost like he—it's—it's like he's so enamored by Judge, and their dogs are so friendly. Right, their buddies, their buddies. It's almost like he's heartbroken and he can't hit without him. I—I know he banged his neck up. I know he's got a bulky back. He's out there every day. I don't want to hear about injuries. I don't want to hear about excuses. If you're playing, you got to produce. He is killing them. Yeah, he's without a question the number one guy. Who, at least Stanton, as bad as he's been, has hit some home runs here. He's done nothing. He he's done absolutely nothing. But occasionally hit the ball hard and have Flaherty go. Oh, he's gonna have to live with that all day. Like that's really what Flaherty it is. had himself a rough day. Oh, yesterday. I know. He called the home run a pop up. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. He called it a pop up. Popped uh, up to left. Oh boy. Yeah, I we'll, mean, uh, we'll probably, unfortunately, have some fun at his expense yeah. uh, a little bit later well, on. Well, listen, it's not fair to give him Nelson and have him be the, the play-by-play By guy. the way, I f- they used to do that. I feel like it's been a few years. Now. Like, Flaherty would do it. Obviously, Ken Singleton no, would yeah. do it. I feel like it's been a while now, right? S- so, in this series, obviously, you had no Ken. I think Ruko was doing WNBA stuff. Right. And I saw our buddy Justin Shackles in the studio back at Yes doing post-game against Bob. They let everyone extended that all-star break, huh? <laughs> Man. <laughs> I mean, I get it. it. Baseball season's long. and Yeah. yeah, I mean, Sterling made the John was there. Well, did he really? John made it out there? Yeah, I got the calls from him from yesterday. No, I mean, if if you've watched recent years, Kay does not go to Seattle. 
Kay does not go to Minnesota. No, I know that. Those are Ryan Rucco's special. But usually Rucco's always, it's like if Kay's taking off, yeah. Rucco's going to do the play-by-play. I think yeah. Shackles maybe done a few. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if he's done play-by-play. I don't play know if he's done on, on yes. TV. He's done them. Radio. He's done, and he's filled he's in filled for in Meredith for quite a bit as well. And Meredith. Well, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. certainly on radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I wonder had, if Lorenz hadn't been out, yeah. if they would have had Shackle do maybe. play-by-play on. Yes. Because yeah. I feel like, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like the last few years they've not had the players, you know, do it in a pinch. The, yeah. the ex-players, that is. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough spot. And Nelson's not a – I mean, I'm, I'm good, bad, I don't know. But he's he's unseasoned. Right. Like, he hasn't been doing a, doing it a lot. Yeah, he's so relatively to, it, it, a, be, a newcomer. It'd be, yeah, it'd be one thing if it was like, all right, it's you and Cone, take the play-by-play. All right. But it's it's him and someone who's done a handful of games at best. So, yeah, the broadcast was a little lacking, I suppose. But I, I don't get hung up on that. But he did say pop-up. I'm sitting there watching. He's like, and it's hard to tell, too, especially <laughs> the opposite. Coors field. Opposite field. Coors <laughs> yeah, field was like, popped up to left. I'm like, oh, thank God. I thought he hit it good. I guess I was wrong. You know how it is sometimes, sitting right uh, behind home plate. I know they're probably, you know, yeah. you get elevated a little depth perception. But Man, sometimes it's a little misleading. I can't believe that home run. I thought for sure. Peraza gets the extra on with the base hit. I was like, all right, you know what? This might actually be a positive. As much as it yeah. sucks to have the bullpen blow it, they battled back. Yes, it took them kicking the ball around, hit by pitch, however they scored the run. But still, they, Peraza comes through with the base hit. We're feeling good that he's on the team. And let's let him play this time. I understand oh, I it's he a tough to. spot because you want to see what's going to – DJ is going to start to hit, yeah. labor. And I know Peraza wasn't swinging it well for about a month and a half now in yeah, AAA. Been, it lasts 16 games But he games comes in, he gets 200. the big hit, made a nice play at third, stole a base. Like, I mean, let's let's infuse some there's, yeah, some energy. There's let's no point in bringing him up unless you're going to play him. Agreed. So it's going to be an interesting rotation. And honestly, at this point, I'm not opposed to Rizzo right. hitting the DJ bench. At first. And yeah. play DJ at first. Not every game, but yeah. – you know, in a, a consistent rotation to make sure Peraz is playing. There's no point. Um, there's no point in having Rizzo on the lineup. There's no point. He's not doing anything for you. Well, interesting couple of weeks ahead. Obviously, trade deadline uh, right around the corner here, which is probably one of the other reasons they're holding their uh, cards close to the. What's the close? I to think the, it's vest. How do they vest? The chest, chest, vest. Anyway, they're vest. not showing the cards, nor should right. they. No. But I get all that. All right, we'll step aside. When we come back, we actually will talk Mets. Believe it or not. Because they've do got we their have own. to? Yeah, we do. We do. They have their own oh, uh, share of issues despite winning a game on Sunday. Yeah, but they won the on Dodgers. Sunday. We don't care now, right? It's okay. Well, we got to take, you know, on Mondays, we got to kind of look at the whole picture be- oh. since we last left you on Friday, that kind yeah. of situation. So we'll do that on the other side. You got Mac and Lowe until the top, and then it's Gio and Jerry Recco on a Monday morning on The Fan. Oh, now we're talking. There you go. Um, I figured Eddie would get you a song that worked for you. Just listen to the bass. Paul McCartney is in there. My dad's a big bass guy, too. And you're obviously a Beatles slash McCartney nut. I am. I am not a rich man, however, though. So I have no idea, John. I have no idea what it feels like, John. I'm not beautiful. I'm not rich. I don't sing to a natural... You have a pretty good voice. I I've heard you, sing. I've Thank seen you, you sing a few times now live. Yes. Or at least on video of you singing live in right, front of a crowd. Bad. Yeah, I, I mean, compared I, I to the average great... everyday person. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Thank you. What's so I not like to great. sing during the show. I try and bring music to the show. Yeah. You're, you're, my... you're going to show off all your talents oh, well, and abilities. You have to. Yeah. I only have a couple. So I got to I gotta show it off. I can take a stack of quarters and put it on my elbow and catch them real fast, but I don't think. That I've not seen. You've never seen that? No. Have you ever seen anybody do that? Are you unaware of that trick? Uh, I don't think I've seen oh, that, that trick. Was, that was big in the ninth grade high school. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say big in the speakeasy days. No. <laughs> ah, give me those quarters. <laughs> you don't believe how oh, high oh, I can man. stack them, though? <clears throat> I, I don't believe it. I'll have to check that out someday. Yeah. All right, uh, the Mets won a game. I don't know if we believe that. They did. They scored three in runs in the series against the Dodgers. I so, know. I don't know we get too excited about the win. I mean, look, you don't apologize for no. wins, obviously. Um, I apologize. Yeah, my mistake. I, I apologize. Here's what's weird for me about and I still have not been able to put my finger on it, and Mets fans will tell me I'm crazy, and you'll ask, well, what's different this year? And they'll give you, like, 73 different reasons. Right. But it's like, I mean, the starting pitching was bad for a while. I feel yeah. like it's been... It's it's rounded into form a little bit, save for a Scherzer start here or there. Yeah, Sanga's been really good. Verlander's yeah. been not as good as you'd expect, but he's been fine. Even David, David Peterson even recently finally gave you a decent outing after he had a terrible start yeah. to the season. Like, yeah, the bullpen's blown some games. The offense is, but like, it's mo- a lot of it's the same lineup as last. So what the hell happened yeah. to these guys? Well, like, what happened to Jeff McNeil? I don't know, but he's angry about it. Whatever <laughs> I'd happened, I'd be angry about whatever it. Whatever happened, he is angry about it, man. Does he fight? 
I mean, he's he he's he reminds me of Dustin Pedroia. There's never been a strike. He's never been out. Like it's just he's 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 in a way right now. He is struggling and he's just extremely frustrated. I don't know what happened to him. Alonzo got off to the early power stroke. I did he come back too early from I his guess, injury? I guess, but he took part he, in the derby. How much which, could the wrist yeah, really be bothered? No, see, I don't even look. I I here's say what you want about Alonzo, and I know he's a little weird and he's quirky. He's a little rub some people the wrong way. I don't ever I find get him the, funny quirky. I like, do too, but maybe that's because we're not Met fans, yeah. right? And he's if, yeah. If he was in the Yankee but lineup right now. I, I, love, I make I make problem. fun of him though a little bit. It's just it's because it's like he's bizarre. Yeah, I mean the, the home run derbies. I mean he's squatting. He you know he's he's he's, he's, he's very into it. He's mo- he's he's meditating in the locker room. Yeah, I mean it, it's ridiculous. But I don't get but, the sense he's the kind of guy that. I mean, you can't say well he he cares more about that than the team when no. he. When nah, he that's rushed to get back early, I mean, 100%. the guy was in a cast at the the comedy event with 100%. Craig and Evan, and a few days later, he's in a major he, league game. He enjoys the home run derby, but yeah. it, it's not like he he rushed back for the home run derby. He wanted he wants to play and win. Yeah, I don't know what's but, going on. I with mean, him. I don't know, but I mean, I hate to admit this, but I was listening to the Rico Bronya uh, podcast <laughs> okay. with Evan. Sure, and I'm I, a loser. Yeah, <laughs> and he was talking about, and he's he's right. The it's the starting pitching has been the main problem because if you look at it. Not only has Scherzer been a different pitcher, I know he had a great start last night, but he's been a completely different pitcher in every big game going yeah. back to the Atlanta series, right. and obviously this year. Padres, pa- uh, Yankees, just, yeah, throughout this, just, Braves and Padres last yeah. year. Sorry, he's to been take bru- the words he's out been brutal all year. Yeah, uh, Verlander came back so so since, mostly okay, but so so since. But if you look at the other guys, the back end of the rotation, yeah, McGill, McGill and mostly was so Peterson. much better last year. Yes. Peterson has come back and been okay the last handful of starts, and now he's in the bullpen. But he he was much better last year. Some of the other names, like if you look at the back end of the rotation, they were the record is night and day, just night and day. So they haven't been able to win those games. Obviously, the Diaz injury, and I think the D. I know this sounds stupid, and I'm not one to usually play this up, but you see the team now, and if you're really grasping for straws on what could be the difference. I honestly believe having the best reliever in baseball along with the trumpets and to get the crowd going, and it just felt like if you could get to the end of the game, you were going to win. Yeah. And the early on winning bred confidence. I mean, you see it. I mean, let's be honest. How many teams, especially I know baseball is a little bit different, but you get off to a good start. Things go well. The belief inside the room. Also, you you just hired Buck Showalter, who's going to be this great manager. Right. It it got off to a rhythm, and then obviously Scherzer was pitching to a two ERA, and the back end of the rotation was better, and you had a great closer. But there was just a belief as opposed to where it sits now, and McNeil hitting three twenty as opposed to what he is now. So there's a handful of things, but I do believe there was some sort of when that injury happened, killed the vibe. It killed the vibe a little bit. Yeah. Then they get off to the bad start. Then things start to pile up, and the injury happens to to Verlander, and you're like, oh, you're out with Verlander. Oh, Quintana gets hurt, too. You're out with Quintana. Your rotation's in shambles kind of to start the year. You get off to this bad start. They went how many weeks into the season last year before losing a series? This year, it just it never turned around for them. And there were moments where it could have. You know, they they have that unbelievable series with those miraculous wins against Tampa Bay. They Even before that, they get off to the great West Coast trip and then get, you know, stumble into the last couple of games against San Francisco, but then they go down for a, a long stretch where they're bad. Then they have that miraculous season, that series against Tampa Bay with those miraculous wins. Same thing with the uh, Cleveland series. And you feel like they're ready to take off and then right back into the crapper. And then sweep Philadelphia and then get swept by Toronto. Like there have been moments where you thought, all right, this is the moment they make their stand and, and turn it around. And it's always followed by negativity, just like six game winning streak, lose two games to the Padres and now lose the yeah. first two of the, coming out of the break. Like they can't handle any kind of success at all. Now this is recency bias, a small sample size. We talk about the starting pitching. I agree overall. It did not set the tone at the beginning of the year, but if I go back just a few weeks now, yeah. even to before the last couple of losses, um, a few or a grouping of losses before the winning streak. So this mm-hmm. is from June 26. So Less than a month, but, you know, a deep bunch of series now. Here, yeah. here were the scores and the losses. 2-1, mm-hmm. 5-2, 3-2, 5-4, 3-1, 6-2, and then this weekend you had, what, 6 nothing mm-hmm. and 5-1. 5-1. I mean, those no. aren't awful numbers. No, and, you're and not the wrong. only awful part of that is, is the – I mean, now, again, right. in losses, chances are your offense doesn't perform. But, I mean, yep. 
in recent weeks, I feel like the pitching has not Turned been around. dominant, no, you're right. but it's been serviceable. I have not glanced at the updated numbers of where their starters ERA is at. Right. I know the bullpen's blown some games along the way. Um, we know from his Yankee days, Adovino's a guy that you might as well just flip the coin. Who the heck knows yep. on any given day? And Robertson got in the mix a little bit, but it's just... It's bizarre. They've not been able to put all the pieces together for any dura- any long stretch other than that little winning streak they went on before the All-Star break. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, we talk about how much managers factor in. or but There's just something off all I year know. about Buck. It does feel Maybe that Maybe it's because the team's not playing well and there's only so much he can do, but yeah. it's just that honeymoon ended quickly. Oh, real quickly. Um, I, I, again, I don't think it's his fault necessarily, but you're right. There's a different feel. I mean, it got a, fundamentally they're a mess, and no, that was I know. his. That was they were lauding him. He's he's on oh, top of everything, over prepared. You lauding. know, they, there's nothing that they don't no t they don't cross or yeah. i they don't dot, and they're a mess. Right. I honestly thought they think they thought he stitched the baseballs together pregame. <laughs> I mean, he is he was God's gift to baseball. I, how many times did he go out to argue with the umpire and the broadcast would tell you there goes Buck telling them what's how the right. rule goes like he was he was more knowledgeable there were stories than, written about oh it, feature God. stories oh on of it. course no it's and, and i had fun with it because it was obnoxious because he's not that and he's not this right he's somewhere in between most of them he's are. a very good manager yeah. i always thought that he's not a world-class manager and unfortunately for him for a myriad of reasons some may be his fault you know the not going to britain is a a, a, a dramatic one that jumps out at you but for the most part, he's never been able to get over the hump. Not always the best teams, but never really over to get over the hump. And now, I agree with you, there's something something going on. Everything, but, something's off. I mean, but even if you look back at last year, I mentioned this. How many times, like, it's funny that he didn't care about getting hit by pitch. Like, they would get hit by, they would get, they, they broke the record of hit by pitch. He would do nothing He'd but look. give the glare, yeah. And then they, the oh, the, they, would, they would flash right. the red lights. They would put lightning <laughs> bolts in his eyes. Yeah. It was fun because they didn't lose a series and yeah. they were on pace. They were, you know, eight games up on Atlanta, uh, Atlanta and, you know, Sal's declaring the division over. Right. So it's fun. Have fun with Buck. But it's the same stuff now that gets you, you know, while like Scherzer, deals like. Scherzer's flipping out on the mound and he's got his hands in his back pocket just standing there. Yeah. And it's like, well, where the hell are you, Buck? It's the same Buck. When you lose, you're under the microscope. That's it. That's the way it goes. All right, we got Odyssey Sports Minute with Amy Lawrence coming up here in a sec. And we come back on the other side, wrap it up before Gio and Jerry Reckle coming up at the top of the hour. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Seth, it's Mac and Lowe this morning. This is the yeah. part of the show, uh, Steve Mac, where Al Dukes tries to squeeze in one final story before Eddie yeah. hits the ID. So you're up. Go All right, right so, I got, so I got something that uh, sparked my uh, interest. Blake Martinez, former linebacker of the Giants. Yeah. He retired from the Raiders, I believe, after selling a Pokemon card for like a million dollars. I don't understand Must how Pokemon nice. works. And this is someone who... I lo- I got into the baseball card game for a while until I realized I couldn't put mortgage money on Jason Dominguez first Bowman, <laughs> so I got out of it. Yeah, but he enjoyed that so much that he's parlayed it into a new business that has netted him eleven point five million dollars this year. Who needs football? Selling Pokemon cards yeah. on like a, an app website called uh, What's Up WFAN WFAN FM WFAN FM HD One New York always live on the free Odyssey app.